Sweet, everybody. Welcome back to the off-season edition of the NBA Recap Show on the Mojo Sports Network. Look, if you're not an NBA fan and you're tuning in, we don't have a lot to talk about. That's a terrible, I'm bearing the lead. There is nothing happening in the NBA. We've picked five stories today to talk about, kind of just hang out and chill. Uh, preseason starts in two weeks. So next week, we have a full hour-long quiz with a couple of interesting characters from the Mojo Sports Network. Keep an eye out for that. But today, we're going to talk about Giannis and the Bucks. Mitchell and Ingram not extending with their teams in New Orleans and Cleveland. The load management rules that popped up a couple of weeks ago. The Warriors not choosing to sign Dwight Howard and James Harden, whatever the hell James Harden's doing. Today with me to discuss everything I just mentioned, we've got Mr. Tom Dev out of Melbourne, Yuri Bilsic out of Perth. Tom, how are you? Yuri, how are you? Great, Alex. And yes, we're getting ever closer, right, to the preseason games and still the whole influx of a way with a couple of players still wanting to get to their new destinations, which haven't been resolved as of yet. But yeah, it's one of the more intriguing seasons that we've probably going to see in recent memory. So it should be all good. Tom, what's new with you? Not much. I'm just, just regretting I'm not wearing a uh, t-shirt like you today. I, I wish I had a t-shirt that said I was a fun guy. The NBA apparel, still I wear it every Sunday. Mate, if you look behind me, the, we don't have video shows, but there's a rack of about 30 jerseys behind me that I usually rotate through. In this tropical North Queensland heat. All right, let's get to it. Giannis and the Bucks. Uh, Yuri, I know you're our Bucks guy, but we're going to start with Tom. Um, you picked me before the start of the show and said you wanted to talk about, if you haven't been paying attention in the NBA, um, it's really extended into a 12-month sport, you know, all this off-season drama. The league's really happy to have it between the Summer League, where you see all the rookies and these guys fighting for spots, and then preseason, which starts in about two weeks' time. Uh, season starts proper in about four weeks' time. But in the last like week and a half, Giannis Antetokounmpo, former MVP, former champion, has kind of dropped some hints around the Milwaukee Bucks that he's not going to sign there again if there's not a winning team. Tom, go on. This is your story. Where do you want to go? Yeah, well, so when we talked about this maybe two, three weeks ago, I think the general consensus was, oh, it's all just Giannis talk, whatever. He's going to resign eventually. He's not leaving the Bucks. But I've listened to a couple of uh, low-post podcasts recently and just actually sitting down thinking about it. I might have actually changed my mind because, look, he's currently extension eligible. But, look, he has two years left on his contract plus a player option for 51.9 mil. He probably will decline that because the cap spike will mean he can get more money than that. And we're going to touch on a few other extensions later, but I don't think anyone's going to be signing too many extensions now because they're going to be able to get more money in a year's time due to this cap spike that we're all anticipating. Um, but, you know, he said he won't resign if he doesn't believe the Bucks are in contention. And... When I sit down and think about it, how long can this Bucks team really stay in contention? You got Drew Holiday, thirty-three years old. Um, Chris this Middleton, is exactly 30- where I was going. It's a very old team. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris Middleton, thirty-two years old, injury history. Brooke Lopez, thirty-five years old. I feel like that's a very underrated old man for the league. Like I forgot he was thirty-five. For our kids out there, these men are born in the eighties. <laughs> exactly. That's that's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm just in the ninety-nine bracket by a few days, but you know. Uh, more of a 2000s kid, but um, he's got an injury history too, Brooke Lopez. And then Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, and Malik Beasley are the only rotation players who are 28 or under on the roster outside of Giannis. And look, it's pretty hard to be a contender for the entirety of someone's career. It's rare. I mean, Kobe didn't even have, you know, he had a few years where they were rebuilding when he was there. Um, Dirk obviously only had the one championship. It's hard to stay in a small market team in particular and keep contending. And so, will it make sense for Giannis to still be here in two years' time? I mean, every all his teammates are going to be a few years older. I don't anticipate too many free agents coming to Milwaukee. 
maybe they'll be able to trade for a free agent, uh, a, a star who demands a trade request. But is there any really one they have on their current roster who they could trade for? You know, anyone that's going to actually help you on us? I don't see it. And look, I still think he's just putting this front office on warning to make roster improvements. Or this man's a genius and he's playing chess. He's playing chess while we're all playing checkers and he's just trying to convince the Heat that he's going to be up for trade. So they don't trade for Lillard and he can wipe out <laughs> another contender in the East. Unlikely, but but look, I, I think this is going to, especially with Yuri being a Bucks fan, I think this is going to be really interesting to sort of have this discussion. Should Giannis actually just look to move on once his current deal runs up in two years? Yuri, you're right of reply. Oh, yes. It, we talked about it the last episode and I always believe that he's going to stay. And it's just, I think, the whole loyalty part of him, which he already had growing up, which was in pretty tough circumstances. But now, again, as Tom nailed on the head, with the age demographic that the Bucks roster is currently in at this stage too, it's almost though which types of players can they potentially put up on the trade table, try at least get an all-star caliber player to help build around Giannis. So potentially even like Grayson Allen's name, like some Bucks fans wanted him traded out too. And although he probably had that subpar season, of course, what happened in game five when he drove to the lane and didn't realize that time had expired right for his layup. So it's a real sort of intriguing plot in a way what's going to sort of transcend from this season onwards especially if that the Bucks get knocked down the first round it'll just be an abysmal failure in that regard considering of course last season everything pretty much went to plan and although playing against the Miami Heat they weren't your traditional number eight seed in the East so that made it all the complete difference the biggest part as well and there has been written about last couple of days is Drew Holiday's got player option Next that's exactly so, what I'm looking at on basketball yeah. reference right now, 39.4 million. Yeah, so that's the part as well. And if he doesn't extend his deal, then that's where the real conundrum is going to come in for the Bucks. is what happens next. Because although we talked about, right, in terms of some of the young talent they were able to at least draft in this year's, in late June's draft, right, Andre Jackson Jr. looks like a pretty good prospect too. And I think... Hopefully those pieces along the way too can build to a point where it's enough to convince Giannis. But I think the front office as well, over the, the number of years, right, with John Horst being the general manager, they've done an excellent job in building around Giannis. And it has been a project they've been doing for the last five years, right? So the conclusion of what, 2017, 18, right, to get knocked out by the Celtics in the first round and What's pretty much their first mission, right, is they get Brook Lopez on that four-year, $52 million. Oh, he signs that four-year, $52 million deal, I think it was a season later or two, actually in this off-season of 2020. But they pretty much targeted specific guys to build around Giannis in terms of defensive end, but also shooters as well. So that's what's missing now, though, Yuri. So you look at that team, and, I mean, you can say they've been a really good, consistent team for four years. Knocked out of the finals by Miami twice, but they win a championship and they lose when Drew Holiday, um, not Drew Holiday, when Chris Middleton's injured against the Celtics in a game seven in the um, Eastern Conference finals. A consistent team, but you look last year and go, where's the shooting? Who's out there in the market that they might be able to get? Tyler Hero, Damian Lillard. Do you see a trade coming? I mean, that Drew Holiday extension deal might be attractive in a three-team deal. Is there anything imminent or do you think this is the team they take into the season in four weeks' time? Do they think they end the season with the SWAT? 
you feel as though that is the case, but there could well be sort of a trade deadline acquisition that the Bucks may well go for and whether it's defensively as well, maybe to get someone a little bit younger to try and at least keep that window alive. But also too, I think defensively they regressed as well the last couple of seasons, which has been sort of, well, it's the real calling card in a way too, and it has been, but just those couple of seasons alone, which they really sort of faltered down the pack. And I think a lot of people in a way talked about sort of Mark Budenholzer's coaching implementations, right? And, probably don't need to go into that. But I think Adrian Griffin has got a fresh set of eyes. I think that will at least help what the Bucks want to do defensively too because when they're on, it's they're arguably one of the best. And considering we talk about rim protection, right, with having Giannis and Brook and teams that don't want to drive into the paint and try and get their shot up over them because they're so good in protecting the rim. That's where I think the whole DNA has to go back to, right? But it's the real intriguing part too. If Chris is able to stay healthy, right, and play more than 30 games, if he plays, say, let's say 68 to about 72, then that's a win in itself, right? And Drew, I think his three seasons, having a look at, right, he's played, I think it was 67, 65, and something like 66 games in each of his first three seasons on average, which is good. And although he did have, injuries here and there, it's it's still a bonus. I think the other part too as well is probably oh it's the other intriguing part I think we'll probably talk a little bit later on is like I think Portland, if the Bucks were to go after Damian Lillard though, would it really appease the Blazers though? Getting Drew Holder? Drew no, Holder? It'd have to be a, a massive shift, wasn't it? Um, you touched on something really interesting that I Sneaky prepared before we got on. Drew Holiday averaging over the last three years with Milwaukee, 18.5 points a game, playing 32 minutes, almost five rebounds, almost seven assists, and about two uh, blocks and steals, the old stocks. Shooting 50% from the floor. So, like, he's not all a defensive guy. 20 points a game over three years is great. The eye test shows he was incredible last year, and then the playoffs kind. I mean, it was against a rambunctious, a raucous Miami Heat team, whatever adjective I can throw in there. I don't want to get rid of him if I'm a Milwaukee fan, Yuri, but that's the only way I can see an upgrade is some team's going to be out there looking for a defensive-minded point guard who can contribute as well, and I don't know what you get back. Um, Last thoughts before we move on to Brendan Ingram and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I think the other one, Alex, too, is it may sound a bit ludicrous, but why have they sort of pull and trade for Chris Middleton, though? That, but teams may be a bit hesitant, though, with his recent injury history. That's I think that's less of an asset, yeah. Tom, what do you think? Who's the more attractive asset? Out of those two, definitely Drew Holiday. He's got a shorter contract, but you know, I wrote an article on the Raw last season about how Drew Holiday's actually probably been their best, their second best player in the last year and a half since Middleton sort of had that injury history. I don't think they'll trade either of them. I think they've kind of, you know, they've stuck with the cards they've been dealt and they're going to have to try and build around the edges, maybe some buyout guys, who knows. But look, I've just sort of had a bit of a thought here, but, and, and you know, forgive me for bringing up the Celtics into this, but oh, 2013, <laughs> 20, 2013, we traded out Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to the Brooklyn Nets and we are still reaping the rewards because we got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown out of that, and we're going to be a playoff contention team for at least another 
five years, you'd say, have to say with those two at least. Do the Bucks just go, all right, we've had our period with Giannis. He's looking like he might leave. Even if he stays, we're not really going to be able to bring anyone here to help him. Could they look to trade him? Because let's be real, Giannis, whether he's got one year on his contract left, one day on his contract left, he's going to be worth at least, what, six first-round picks? I mean, how many Durant go for? He went for five or six. Yeah. Giannis is going to be worth, he'd only be about 30. He'll be worth a boatload of picks. So if you deal him to the right team, they could you know, do what the Celtics did potentially. I'm not suggesting it, but... Let's workshop it on the fly. What is the right team? Because I thought about Miami. They don't have the assets. They would love both of those guys. The Knicks have got the assets, but they love Jalen Brunson. So what do you do with Drew Holiday then? Um, Portland are up and coming. They could send Dame back, which the Bucks would love, but I'm not sure Portland would do that. Where else can you find a spot? If we're, if we're, if we're talking just purely picks like that Celtics trade was yeah. it could be anywhere from a team who, who's like it'd have to be like one of those fringe contender teams maybe even an Atlanta kind of team like that or Atlanta could do the salary yeah they could do yeah. salary maybe even by then Spurs are just like we're happy with Wemby let's go all in while he's on a rookie contract and they'll trade all their picks but you probably wouldn't want those picks thinking Wemby's going to be that future star um if you're talking player-wise there's not too many that you're going to really want to Yuri, you look like you're trying to jump in. Yeah, I think Golden State may be another proposition. Just trying to think if they've got salary they would send back. They'd have yeah. to keep that three together. So I don't know if they'd have enough to match mm. those almost two maxes. I was thinking about OKC. I was like, I wonder what OKC would get the they- shooting of, um, of uh, Chris Middleton. They would love to have that shooting. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to be the player that takes OKC to the next edge. I mean, we can have a little segue into our next thing if we're done talking about this, but there is a player that we're going to talk about that I do think is perfect for OKC. Perfect opportunity. Keep going. Well, you know, in the news lately, uh, it was about two weeks ago now, but Brandon Ingram said he wasn't going to sign his extension with the Pelicans just yet. He's still got two years left, and Donovan Mitchell's come out and said the same thing. And look... On face value, people are going, oh, my God, it's because they're going to leave, they're going to leave. It's it's really because they know that if they sign their extension now, they're not going to get as much money in a year's time. So there's no point signing now. But also, I wouldn't be shocked if either of these guys did leave their teams. I mean, Ingram got to play in LA, biggest market in the league, you could probably say, and now he's playing in New Orleans where basically people turn up to watch Zion play, not Brennan Ingram play. So if he was to leave, I, I wouldn't be shocked. and. I think he would be great on this Thunder team. I've, I've been on this for ages about this Thunder team, and I'm probably going to keep going on about this during the regular season. They're ready to win now. And we saw that at the uh, World Cup, which Shea absolutely took it to USA in that third-place playoff game. And I think Ingram would be a great fit. And, you know, I mean, he's basically Kevin Durant light, Kevin, you know, Kmart version of Kevin Durant. Slim like, Reaper, yep. Yeah, just give him, give, him, give him the jersey and he'll fit in right there, I reckon. I would love to see Brennan Ingram stay. Donovan Mitchell, on the other hand, I don't know if that's a great fit in Cleveland. I didn't watch a lot of Cleveland last year, and I know they shipped out Colin Sexton to keep him. Um, Yuri, do you have thoughts on Donovan Mitchell and Cleveland and his extension? Because that's an interesting team for me. It doesn't really seem like he's super in love being in Cleveland. He strikes me as a guy who might like a bigger market. Yeah, it was sort of interesting because did watch a few of the Cavs games last season now. It's in that. Phenomenal 71-point performance he had against Chicago. I think it was January 3 in that incredible, I think it was double or triple overtime win they had. And 
he pretty much led the charge. I, think, I forgot all about that. What a year we've had. Yeah, right? And I think with Cleveland and them trading for Mitchell Wright was the Knicks didn't really want to part with RJ Barrett. That was another reason why they didn't decide to pull the trigger on the trade with Utah. So Sneaky RJ Barrett. Sorry to interrupt. Sneaky RJ Barrett sidetrack. He looked pretty good in most of those games for um, Team Canada. I've been a big RJ, not a hater, but I wanted to see more. I think I saw enough in international play. He looked a couple 30-point games. There was a couple stretches where he scored nine, ten points in a row down the stretch. That's the end of my RJ Barrett segment. Yeah, you well- can go right back. Yeah, well, right, right after I slandered RJ Barrett, he decided, oh, I'm going to start <laughs> playing well. So, you know, if, if we're going, to, if I'm going to jinx players, then uh, Jason Tatum's not going to do anything this year. <laughs> good work. Good, good try. Yeah. And Alex, about with the Cavaliers as well, they needed a crunch time guy to make clutch buckets, right? That was the one thing they were lacking in the 21-22 season when they needed a guy down the stretch in the final two, three minutes to hit big shot after big shot. They didn't have that. So that was also another reason why they – went after trading for Donovan Mitchell, and it paid off. And I think, of course, the playoffs in that first-round series against the Knicks was always to be a tough assignment anyway, considering how rugged the Knicks are defensively. Likewise, the Cavs as well. But I think there were patches there during that series where his shot really fell off. And that was all due to the Knicks' defensive attention they applied on him, right, by either having Quinton Grimes or Josh Hart playing on him. It really, yeah, disrupted him a hell of a lot because... Of course, all of us know about Donovan Mitchell's breakout playoff series, right? He's rookie in 2018 against the OKC Thunder. In game 60, he scores, what, 38 points and goes absolutely crazy in that second half. And I think he had one unbelievable spinning layup and there was just a few other unbelievable shots he made as well in that deciding game. And I think it's more, I think, now we've... And this is also probably the other part too, just sort of diverting a little bit away. He's from New York, so mm. it sort of does raise the hairs on what does happen next too because, of course, the Knicks for the last 12 months and him, there have been so many murmurings about him joining New York and what a great fit it would be as well. I think the other part too if that does sort of prevail whenever it is that and if Tom Thibodeau is still there as coach, the big part of him is going to try and really buy into the defensive system there because Tibbs doesn't really want guys that don't try defensively. And I think there are times with Mitchell defensively too when he can get outmatched. And so that's just a little bit of a yeah side part in that regard. But it is one that's, yeah, a little bit sort of riveting at this stage to what happens from here on in. We might move from a couple of guys who don't want to stay with their teams to a team who doesn't want a guy. Uh, reports coming out this morning that the Warriors worked out Dwight Howard and decided, eh, nah. Look, um, I had a look at the depth chart. Obviously, Draymond in the center there. Kaminga um, in the center there. I forgot they had Dario Saric on the roster. Um, that's their three main backups. Tom, did you really want to talk about this? Otherwise, we can just feed it to Yuri because I know he's chomping at the bit to talk about Dwight Howard or the Warriors. Yeah, look. Not much to say about Dwight Howard. <laughs> all, all I say is when uh, it was potentially going to sign for the Warriors, there's, I, know, I know you're not a huge Twitter guy, but there was a bit of a debate, whereas if everyone was in their, their prime, who would have the best roster this year? And that Warriors team, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Dwight Andrew Howard. Wiggins, and then Dwight <laughs> Howard, made for an interesting debate. But other than that, I, I, up to you, Yuri, really. 
That's six yeah. Hall of Fame members if I'm going to just go off the top of my head. You got to uh, Andrew Wiggins just for having the nickname Maple Jordan ten years ago. Yeah, the, the, I was surprised in a way too. I thought they could have just added a little bit more extra big man depth behind Draymond Green, or well, it's going anyway. Be Kevon Looney is starting centre. There's no doubt about that. I think just I think more like rim protection wise as well is probably a little bit of a glaring area. I think Golden State does have in that department. So it would have been nice because we've seen in the Taiwanese league, right, with Dwight, and he was just absolutely tearing them up. It was almost – he doesn't have in terms of that – But now when you say we've seen in the there. Taiwanese league, have you actually watched any Taiwanese basketball? Because Well, the highlights here and there with some of the okay. YouTube channels. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take your word because I promise you I haven't watched a single minute of that. No, there was a game I think there, Alex, he had like – 38 points, like 25 rebounds at one stage, which is pretty much back to his Orlando Magic days, right, when he was stuffing up 20 and 15 rebounds on average per season. But, yeah, it's sort of, I think, the big part as well, too, is probably was he going to accept a limited minutes role as well? Because for pretty much the majority of his career, he's been a starter. So that was always going to be the one question in place, whether he would accept the bench role and probably on limited minutes, say between 15 to 17 minutes a night. So that was probably, yeah, the other part to it as well. But I think ultimately they've sort of, as every one of us knows, Alex, about the small ball and the big ball if they want to go in that way, which anyway, Golden State plays small ball lineups on about, what, 80 to 90% of their lineups anyway, game in, game out. So that's probably where the fit as well. I think, and also with the fit was, they weren't going to play him and Draymond Green together at four and five at various times. So that's where you've got to look at it too. Maybe also a cultural fit, probably the two didn't mesh there. Um, Tom, back to the load management rules that came in. I think we spoke briefly about them uh, two episodes ago. The NBA has basically instituted um, new laws about how many times uh, stars can sit and still be nominated for awards for the most of those awards at 65 games. But separate to that, they've also introduced new rules about how many times stars can rest without the teams being fined. These fines go from, I think, $100,000 the first time to a million dollars the third time, and they, like, increase by a million dollars if you keep um, basically breaking the rules. The NBA is called stars, somebody who has made an all-NBA or all-star team within the past three years. So guys like um, Drew Holiday or Andrew Wiggins still qualify as stars. Take it away. Where did you want to go with this? Because I think it's kind of interesting, but I'm not sure how much it's going to help. Yeah, well, that's the thing. How are they going to monitor this is probably my biggest question. Because, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest, when it came to injury reports, I didn't watch every team's injury report as closely as I watched the Celtics one. But there were games last year that I can tell you that Tatum missed second night of a back-to-back and it was listed as wrist injury, not wrist injury management or load management. It was wrist injury. And Al Horford didn't play a single back-to-back game and he had lower back pain. So it's not like these guys are missing out because they've been labeled as load management. They've been said they've had they've said they had an injury. So can the league really turn around and go they're lying. They don't have injuries. The team's lying. I, there's a bit of a gray area there that's going to be interesting. Um, what I did like is they're encouraged to rest players at home because obviously when you go on the road, there's going to be more fans coming there to see you. When the Lakers are on the road, they always get a bigger attendance because people are there to see LeBron. So imagine being that you know person who's paid to see LeBron in your city and all of a sudden he's out with load management. 
Um, Which happened a lot last year. I don't know if you stuck on socials, but you saw a lot of reports of that starting to happen around the league. Yeah, uh, it was a common issue. And and also, I, I feel like they've done this to put a bit of juice in their in-season tournament because the rule is that star players must be available for national TV and in-season tournament games, even if it is on a back-to-back game. So basically, teams are going to have to prioritise those tournaments. So you're going to be seeing the stars in them, you think. Um and look, the interesting one is there's an exception to the rules where it's the NBA will allow pre-approved designated back-to-back allowances for players who are 35 years old on opening night or have a career workload of 34,000 regular season minutes or 1,000 regular season and playoff games combined. So the players that fall into that category are Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, DeMar DeRozan, and James Harden. What's interesting Anthony Davis doesn't fit into that. Kawhi Leonard doesn't fit into that. Paul George doesn't. Like common guys who are going to be using this load management don't fall into that category. So really, what are the Clippers going to do? Like, can uh-huh. Kawhi can Kawhi play a whole season under these rules, or is he going to just have to go average twenty five minutes a game? Who knows? Like uh, from what we've seen of Kawhi, it's when he's on the court, he struggles to stay off it for more than five ten minutes because he wants to win. But look. I'd love to get your thoughts, but overall, I like it. If it ensures that the stars are playing, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the amount of times that I've turned on the TV to go, I'm going to watch this game, I'm going to spend the afternoon watching this, and then, oh, LeBron's not playing, Davis isn't playing, Paul George isn't playing, Kawhi's not playing, and you're like, this is so disappointing. Yeah, I think it's a good place to start. Uh, I think Kevin Durant also qualifies mid-season for that rule too because he's also coming off a couple of years with injury. Um, good place to start. I don't know how they're going to manage when I have the same concerns with you, Tom. Yuri, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, agree with both of you. And there does come a time right over years where I think players have had too much latitude when it comes to rest and not specifically being injured, right, say with a hamstring or wrist injury or a hand injury, etc. Because you have to go back to, there's a particular season, Alex, and I think both you and Tom know this exactly really well. And it was during the 2000 offseason, right? Remember when Paul Pierce got stabbed? I remember that. I just really did. Sorry for letting that joker laugh slip out. I didn't think we were going to go there today. (laughs) Yeah. So what happened? Right when he got stabbed eleven times, and the doctors pretty much told him, "Don't raise your arms up in the air for the next whatever two, three weeks or so." But he pretty much was in the gym, the practice facility, shooting. Right when the doctors advised him not to. And what makes this more remarkable, right, is he played all eighty-two games. Even with like limited strength within like his arms and that, because of the severe stab wounds that he suffered, say a few months before that, and for him to get out to the court and play, I think it was over like thirty-seven minutes on average per game. Allen Iverson that year averaged forty-one point nine minutes per game, Alex, and barely took any rest. So you take that case examples into the last couple of seasons or so. And it's a far differentiating difference anyway between the two. And I think Tom also spoke about Kawhi Leonard. And you look at last season's minutes per game, per month, they gradually worked him back up because, of course, coming back from that partially torn ACL, which he suffered in game four of the 2021 Western Conference semifinals against Utah Jazz, there was always going to be a level of conservatism with building Kawhi up to the point where we didn't want to wear him out, but just gradually get those minutes into his legs. And I think that's what they did exceptionally well. But there also comes a time where you can't abuse the system. And it's something like, say, a decade ago when the league introduced 
those flopping fines. And now they're becoming more stringent on it, right? I think there's a recent news report on that. But that's what the fans want to see. It doesn't matter whether you're on a small market team. It doesn't matter whether it's, say, late March and, say, game doesn't really have much implications for one team but for another, yes. And that's also another reason why the league introduced that in-season tournament, well, shall I say, end-of-season tournament for those teams from nine down to 12. Because, oh, sorry, seven down to 10, shall I say. Because it draws more incentive, right? During the regular season, there's a lot more to play for and saying, well, okay, we're eight games out of the playoffs and there's only 12 games remaining. We'll just kick the coop in the bucket and just focus on the offseason and look to get into the draft lottery. That doesn't fly anymore now. And that's the great part about what the league are doing with this whole load management and becoming far more stringent on it. That's just my opinion. Tom, anything left to say there? Uh, two Paul Pierce mentions in one podcast. That's, that's going to be an NBA record. I'm going to start, start finding you guys for real. We've got to start, uh, stop talking about... <laughs> so, he's all right. It could be worse. It could be worse. Paul, P- Paul Pierce is a legend. Underrated. Better than Dwayne Wade. Uh, next topic. We'll quickly move on from that. If we uh... Whoa. <laughs> Better than Dwayne Wade. Look, underrated. Oh. Sure, I'll give you that. Better than Dwayne Wade. You're lucky this is over Zoom, mate, or we'd be like tossing and wrestling behind that chair of yours because that is ludicrous, even it's, for a Celtics homer. It, yeah, look, i got to stand by my man Paul Pierce. It's, you know, he's my first first ever favourite player. And, you know, I've still, I've still got the, the small jersey that I had when I was like a 10 or something. So he's the truth, you know. And, and he's been working out one. with Jason Tatum. So Jason Tatum, career best year coming in. So just just watch it. Trying to move on. Uh, James Harden Clippers. What were we going to talk about there? What we were going to talk about with the Clippers was um, I think James Harden, there was a report coming out this morning, Yuri, you mentioned that he still wants to sign with the Clippers. Just before I throw it back to you, Yuri, the Clippers, I don't really see how this deal gets done. They are well past the luxury tax. I think Basketball Reference has got them at $194 million at the moment, which means their luxury tax bill is a lot. They waived Eric Gordon over the offseason after signing him to a $20 million a year deal that saved him $100 million. So this is a team that's started to have to be salary conscious. Um, thoughts about Harden going to Clippers, Yuri, then we'll go to the Tom. And then I don't know what we're going to talk about after that. I think it's more the issue of star personalities clashes in a way. That's probably the level of concern because he's already played with Russ in Houston and he worked in various patches and, of course, played with Russ in OKC in the very early stages of his career. The issue, though, is for... I think the Clippers is though they don't want to give up Terrence Mann. Mm. You can probably tell that right away. That's who Philly would go hard after if the trade was to eventuate because there's no way that they're going to give up nothing in that exchange. But also they'll play hardball whatsoever. Terrence Mann and Robert Covington would be close to salaries. That would get close to being a deal done. Rocco goes back to Philly. Yeah, that's the only thing, but it's hard to see that transaction coming to reality, though. That's the issue right there. And I think teams, and we saw last season, of course, with the Denver Nuggets winning the championship, right? You don't need a bona fide four all-stars or four superstars, three superstars to win the championship. It pretty much has come back to that point, similar to, say, the 2004 Detroit Pistons, where you can have an all-star too, but everyone around them is a role player but also plays their part. And that's where teams are now getting to that point where you 
don't have to throw all your chips in one basket because if it turns out miserably, like we've seen with the 2013-14 Brooklyn Nets, right, where after that one season pretty much everything got blown up. Paul Pierce doesn't sign. I think it was a two-year $10 million extension with the Nets by memory, and he signs with the Washington Wizards. So those circumstances, you can't control them what happens at season's end and with the players' satisfaction if they're wanting to pursue the same, well, go over the same roster again, but also pursue for the same common goal. That's the issue now, I think, which is eventually worn on probably thin legs a little bit in that way. Tom, I don't care where James Harden goes anymore. I'm worn out from this discussion. Um, pick a team, send him there. I don't care. Um, uh, I, not the Raptors. Don't pick going, Toronto. No, he's not going to Toronto. He would love it. He, uh, I have heard from secondhand sources that best strip clubs in the North America is in Montreal and Canada. So maybe he has a good time there. James Harden likes to frequent extracurricular these, activities. These, these secondhand sources, I'm sure. <laughs> definitely secondhand. Definitely secondhand. Uh, look, it's just, I, don't, I, I can't literally think of a team that actually would want him for, for his current contract. Mm. If magically the Sixers and him come to the table and buy him out, then maybe someone could get him on nothing. But it's clear he wants the money, so he's not going to just play for nothing. And I don't know. There's no team that really needs someone because the problem with Harden is he can play that point guard role where he only scores 12 points and gets you 15 assists, but he's only going to be so happy in that role for so long before he goes, hey, I like scoring 40 points and going to the line 15 times a game. And it's just, he's injury prone. He's clearly not a great locker room guy because he's looking at joining, what, his third team in four years or something like that. I... I think he's just kind of – he's made his bed and he's going to have to lie in it. And I wouldn't be shocked if he suddenly turns around and just goes, all right, I'll play for the Sixers to get my trade value up. And someone – honestly, maybe the Bucks at the, the midway point of the season, things aren't rolling well and they just go – Yuri's making a very distressed face it's, right now. <laughs> I just – I honestly think that's the only way he gets off this team is if some team has a really bad start to the year and goes, you know what, we need to roll the dice, let's try and get Harden. And I, I just – Miami, maybe they just get sick of waiting around for Lillard and Tyler Hero is just really unhappy, and they go, you know what? We'll give you Tyler Hero for James Harden. I like and- to research my ideas before I come to the pod, and I've just had one popped in that I haven't researched at all, and I want to talk it out with you guys. Right, go San I'm, Antonio. I'm here. San Antonio, not far from Houston. They don't have a great point guard. You'd be set up for Wemby, so you know, fifteen passes a game to, to Wemby for alley oops is easy. You could convince him to take the money because San Antonio have got a lot of money on their payroll. They've got a decent front court with Mamukulishvili. They've got um, they've got a Collins. They've got obviously yep. Wemby, um, Keldon Johnson. They've got uh, not Tyus Jones. The other Jones is a backup point guard. Trey just, Jones. Trey Jones. I'm just saying, it's in Texas as well. It's close to Houston where he wants to be. That's not an outrageous argument, is it? No, the Spurs it's not. have got assets. I almost positive looking up yesterday. I think the Spurs have got some decent assets they could send back to Philly. Mm. Get me on the phone to the league. <laughs> if if anyone's gonna gonna solve James Harden's attitude problem, it probably would be Coach Pop. So yeah. could could work. I mean, I'm not I sure did, if they've I got did, a relationship. I don't know. Probably not. But I did I did want them to trade for Chris Paul before he was traded to the Wizards than Warriors, but. Um, yeah, Harden, maybe if he is more of a veteran leader, but 
Honestly, I just I see this dragging out for a long time, and we know how stubborn Daryl Morey is, and he'll probably believe that there's going to be something out there eventually that he can get for Harden. But unlike Ben Simmons, you know, James Harden's on an expiring deal, so how long is he willing to wait out? We'll see. But well, he can't wait out. He has to report to the team, or his contract uh, gets stuck on it. We talked about it before, but if you missed those yeah. episodes, um, in the last year of your contract, if you refuse to report, the team that is responsible for your deal can. Um, basically prevent you from signing with any professional basketball team on earth. It's like you don't show up for the first 30 days of your last year in your contract and banned for life. Well, that's today's show. I don't know if you guys want to talk about anything else. <laughs> what a bummer. Hey, what a way to end. There's one thing that definitely won't be happening. James Harden to Milwaukee. That will not fly. And Miami, imagine Eric Spolstra coaching on the sidelines. James, play defense, mate. Play defense. There's too many... Shacked in the full compilation reels on YouTube with Harden's non-defense. Like, what happened? Remember, I think, November of 2021, they were playing Detroit in Detroit, and he committed – there was a backcourt violation or something. And he didn't bother to pick up the ball. He was just like, oh, I won't bother. And I think it might have been Sadiq Bay. I think they picked the ball and ran up for yep. – and went the other way for the dunk. It was the most funniest thing like, ever. But, yeah, I don't, don't know – in frank honest as well, especially with Miami's culture and sort of that real preach of defense and whether he would fit in the system. That's the only issue of concern. Tom, nothing else you want to touch on? Don't no, bring up Paul Pierce a third time. Do not do it. Fourth, fourth time. You brought him up last time. You just brought him up before. So before, it'd be a record for a podcast probably. Uh, but no, look, I, I just, I'm sitting around. I'm waiting for Lillard to get traded. I'm waiting for the season to get started. But until then... You know, we, we wait. Do I dare ask you your AFL grand final and NRL grand final picks? And who's going to win the Formula One in, in uh, Japan this afternoon? There you go. There's three picks you've got to go. <laughs> if, uh, if I go uh, AFL, uh, going to go an upset. I reckon Brisbane by uh, three goals. NRL, uh, I reckon Penrith, just, you know, their fourth grand final in four years. I think the experience will just uh, do it. And uh, I'm assuming the refs will be calling forward passes in the uh, grand final, unlike <laughs> last night. Yeah, um, shocking. Formula One, I got, I got, I got no idea. Uh, Max Verstappen, that's my pick. Probably a good pick, Yuri. <laughs> yeah, likewise with Thomas. Well, I only like see the highlights here and there with Formula One, so sort of not all across it. Probably something they do a bit more enhancing upon in the next few months here and there. I think yeah, the NRL too. We've arguably probably the best two teams as well this season with the Broncos and the Penrith Panthers. It'll be nice to see an upset with the Broncos, but I just can't see it with the way Penrith plays, right? How how they're so good with like, particularly from like third or fourth phase, like they just make up so much territory right away and they're just able to get to those dangerous spots. And it's pretty much just the game plan. I think that Ivan Cleary's just ran through and teams haven't been able to figure out. So I think, yeah, Penrith's going to win another premiership yet again. And with the AFL grand final next Saturday, the revisit back down memory lane from two decades ago, I'd like to see Brisbane win. And I think they'll win by a goal. I just feel as though if they're able to get the ball on the outside, they're a very good contestant clearance team. But if they're able to really get that ball to their runners, the human cluggages, the Zach Bailey, who can also float through in midfield as well. Josh Dunkley was tremendous again yesterday for them as was Lockie Neal, despite that scary shoulder concern. And also down back too, Darcy Gardner did a very good job too in Jack Payne's absence. Harris Andrews had another spectacular game with his intercept marking. So I think Collingwood's real concern as well is 
Brisbane speed at ground level, especially the fours, that's already been well known about. So love to see the Lions win, especially with the heartache that they've gone through for finals for the last four seasons before that. I'm a dirty Queenslander, so I have to pick both Brisbane teams. Um, I haven't watched any AFL all year. You know, you guys know I'm not much of an AFL man. Um, haven't watched a lot of NRL this year either. This is probably the least amount of footy I've watched in my entire life, um, which is a bit of a bummer because I used to be a Broncos guy before Queensland, uh, North Queensland got the Cowboys. Um, would love to see them both get up. I think the NRL grand final will be very close. Um, Penrith fourth grand final in a row, very clinical, but this Broncos team's interesting. Uh, um, and Formula One, I'll give you the rundown. Max Verstappen, you got to pick him. Come on, that, that car's very quick. Uh, McLaren, two and three. I think that's the first time in a long time. So Australian Oscar Piastri qualified second fastest. He's 22. Hopefully he stays good. And uh, Lando Norris at number three in qualifying. So I'd love to see McLaren get a two, three, but um, don't know. Formula One's great. You guys got to get around it. Like the racing's fun, but the stories are also very good. It's kind of like basketball. The basketball's great. The stories are very good. <sighs> Yeah, probably just have to expand the horizons a bit more, right, Alex? Yeah, uh, mate, you've got a lifetime. Yes. There's a lifetime of watching sport. Absolutely. There's always a lot to learn and it's never too late, eh? It's like with any sport, once you get the grasp and the basics of it, then it all flows from there. It's not a Formula One podcast on the Mojo Sports Network yet. Do you guys want to? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it to you. We're too busy. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Next week, we have the 2023 NBA season quiz. I'm hoping both of you guys will be there. We'll do it after the AFL Grand Final on the Sunday, so we won't steal your time. We'll have a couple of special guests next week as well that you may or may not have heard from before. That's it. Thanks, Yuri. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, Alex. Great to be on. Thanks, Thanks, Alex. And uh, just before we go... uh... Next time you're on a private jet, I'm uh, expecting an invite. If, uh, in case anyone hasn't seen uh, Alex's uh, Instagram, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, my phone's always on. I wasn't going to brag, mate, but you know I'm uh, a limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Next time, I'll, I'll bring you next time. I'm not going to give anyone any details about that. If you're listening to this, you can stay confused. That's it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Cheers, Alex. Cheers, Alex.